So we are live with Marguerite Stern. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. What have you been up to lately? Busy? So about activism, um, I'm developing a new group in Paris that is called uh, the Amazons. Um, because one year ago, I started a big campaign about um, against femicide. So it's uh, girls who are going in the streets and glue uh, slogans against feminicides and um, then this group or this movement let's say a little bit um, uh, I don't know how to say this in English oh like transformed uh, itself so um, I had to create a new one uh, a new one that is uh, openly radical feminists and so uh, it's in, in Paris, we are 30, 40 girls, and we are also developing branches uh, all over France in some other cities. And so we concentrate on street activism uh, and we are radical feminists. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't know, um, these collages are all over Paris, right? I read that you can stand on almost any corner and see some kind of collage, whether it was done by you guys or someone who was inspired by you. So can you tell us a little bit more about that project, just how you thought of that idea? I started to do that alone um, last year, uh, 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 two, 2019, but in February. So I was doing that alone in the city of Marseille, that is in the south of France. And um, at the beginning, I started to group posters about um, personal um, experiences about rape, about street harassment, about stuff like that. And so um, the concept is very simple. I just took what I had uh, at my home, at my place, you know, so it was a regular sheet of paper and I just added uh, on each sheet of paper, one letter painted uh, with a, a black paint. And so by adding the letters, then you can form uh, a sentence, a slogan. And so I went to, to stick that in the streets of Marseille alone. And then I started to um, write slogans against feminist sites because uh, feminists in France started to bring this topic uh, really on the news, on the medias. And um, it started to be a really big issue and, uh, and the government was not doing anything and still is not doing anything against that. And so I was doing that alone for many months. And then uh, in September 2019, uh, I moved to Paris and uh, I made, uh, let's say, um, a call on social networks so that um, some other girls can join me. And so I thought that we were going to do that, uh, you know, for three, four days, and it would be maybe 15 girls, and it would be cool already. But it was not like that at all. It was like the first day we were 40. And then uh, since this first day, it never stopped. So it's now uh, thousands of girls who are doing that uh, all over France. And it's true that in some, in some cities of France, you can't go in the streets without seeing at least one, 
it's really like it's really known more even in the street than in the social networks because what's really important for me with this activism is really to be seen in the streets because um when you post something on the social networks you know the people who can um see your image or read your community uh so most of the time they are already convinced that what by what you're gonna say you know it's but uh the people that you touch in the streets it's everybody even people who are not agreeing with you politically and that's what is important in this uh, in this movement so yeah it's really in some cities really in even in some villages women are doing that alone and it even went across the um, frontiers of france it's uh, also in belgium in switzerland in Spain, in Portugal, in Poland, in the UK, in Canada a little bit, uh, in Italy, like, yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible campaign and you you are the one who's behind it all. It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating how it's developed. And um, what, what happened, you mentioned that something happened with the group and you had to leave. So, so what happened with that? A lot of people who are, who are listening are definitely gonna be aware of of what you're about to talk about, and they're probably going to be able to commiserate with you. So, what happened? So, uh, you know, at the beginning, I was welcoming um, all the girls in Paris at my place, at my home, which was a squat named uh, Le Jardin d'Enfer. And so, every day, I was uh, repeating all the time to each new girl the, the concept of this movement, the fact that. We go in the streets, we go together only uh, women, because um, we are talking about feminicides, but we are also talking about as a woman to go in the street and to make this space ours. And it's uh, like the street for women, it's, you know, it's a place where you are always like harassed or even in uh, dangerous, dangerous situations because of men. So um, it's really important to go only between women, you know, and to make something big there, uh, to be heard, and also to create uh, really strong links between women, uh, something that you call sisterhood, you know. It's even more than friendship, it's sisterhood that you, that you build when you do that. And so uh, I was also, also explaining that we make slogans only about feminicide and domestic, uh, domestic violence. Because it was a big topic in France at this moment. Uh, the, we had the Grenelle, I don't know how to translate this in English, but it's a Grenelle against uh, domestic violence. So politics gathering up and uh, trying to find a solution. Uh, so it was discussed. And also, um, I knew already that all the women that was that I was welcoming, they were not agreeing on everything. Um, and so I didn't want those fights to divide us. And I thought that, you know, feminicide, we're talking about the question of, of life or death. It's like, it's really, lives of women are in danger. So we need to gather against, uh, against this. And so, yeah, I was repeating that every day. And um, when, but from the moment I started to say, okay, I'm gonna take a little bit of distance with this movement because, you know, I kind of became 
like uh, the main figure of it. Uh, all the medias were talking a lot about me because they were seeing like how I was uh, kind of leading the group when they were coming to make reportage documentaries about us. And so I didn't want to be this figure of, uh, this lead, leader of a movement that was like, I mean, in this movement there are thousands of women and I wanted to a little bit like give to some others also uh, the possibility to talk in the, in the medias. So I started to take some distance and I stopped to manage the Instagram account and um, and some other women took it. And uh, I know it's not uh, like the collage are not made only against feminicides, but about many, many, many other topics. And a lot of topics that divide women, especially the trans activism. Yeah. That are against. Yeah. Uh, so the trans activism, that's sort of that's sort of what how we ended up talking right i mean um it's it's something that's been affecting women doing different kinds of feminist work and then they they run into this i keep seeing this women who are speaking out against feminicide femicide and they're not even talking about trans issues and then suddenly they're accused of transphobia um do you remember the first time that you were ever that you called a turf or came across this word turf? Yeah, it was um, in, in February 2019 because um, when I realized that all the collage uh, on the Instagram accounts were about uh, trans people's rights and, and stuff like that, I, I decided to write a thread on Twitter to say what I think about that. And the fact that uh, the, those issues are totally erasing women issues. And the fact that also, um, for me, they contribute to, 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 to uh, I don't know how to say this in English. Um, okay, I, I start again. Uh, and the fact that they contribute to um, encourage stereotype genders. Mm -hmm. And as a feminist, I fight against stereotype genders. I'm for men who want, if they want to wear a skirt, just wear a skirt. And if girls want to not shave their, um, their hair, uh, like, I mean, do it uh, as a feminist you have to be against gender stereotypes. And I really think that trans activism is really making them stronger. And so I took a stage against that. And uh, from that moment, I became the, the number one of uh, the TERFs, uh, all the TERFs uh, in, uh, in France, you know, it's like uh, my second uh, name. <laughs> okay, well, you're number one. Hey, you're winning. <laughs> it's pretty good. Number one TERF in France. It's an yeah. impressive, a very impressive title. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's really, it's actually not funny because of what in reality has sort of been the consequences of this label, um, this slur. So what were some of the things that started happening when you when you had a conflict with these trans activists? It's, uh, it totally changed my life. Uh, I lost friends. 
um, some girls that I'm friends with lost friends because they are friends with me. Um, I started to experiment uh, cancel culture. So for example, you know, I wrote a book about my uh, 10 years uh, experience uh, of militancy because I was a feminine activist before also. And um, this book is just talking about one of the most, even maybe the most important feminist movement right now in France. And only one journalist talked about it. All the other all the others they told to my uh, press, uh, I don't know how to say, you know, um, press uh, press worker, like the guy who was uh, dealing with the, the, the press contacts uh, for my book, they told uh, they told him. Some of them told him, you know, we can't talk about this girl because she's too polemic, and so you know, mm -hmm. so, um, it. It really, it really affected, uh, I don't know, everything in my life. Also, I can't find um, a normal job right now uh, because I became, let's say, too famous for having a normal job, but not enough famous to, to, to live with, uh, to make money with my, my militancy. Yeah. So I'm in between. Right. And, uh, and also uh, what, it cha what changed in my life is that uh, all the time when I'm, uh, I meet new people, uh, it's like I have two reactions. Or they admire me so much and I'm a, I don't know, I'm a heroine for them and it's really like I don't know how to, how to deal with that. Or they hate me. They hate me because I'm transphobic, uh, as, they, as they say, and really like... Even when I walk in the street, I'm afraid that um, that people recognize me because uh, I receive a lot of death threats of people saying, "If you go to protest, uh, like in demonstration, and, and we see you, we will beat you up." So, so there are many places where um, I don't even go anymore because I'm too afraid. Wow, there are places like there are protests or there are neighborhoods that you just don't go to. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Maybe, maybe like, I'm sure nothing will happen, you know, but you never know. And as um, when I was in Femen before, we were receiving a lot of death threats all the time, all the time, all the time. And so I got a little bit traumatized by it. By it. And now it's like, it's starting again, you know, but when the difference is that when I was inside Femen, the threats were coming from the extreme right and the Islamists. So people that you really fight against. But now it's coming from people who call themselves feminists. Yeah. And that, that's really weird for me. I really don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, that is definitely something that we're all kind of just bowled over by right now, feminists who have found ourselves on the wrong side of, of those people who call themselves feminists. And um, do you, you know, I think I've seen you written that, that the left hates you, which I completely sympathize with. The left probably hates me too, for the most part, even though I would consider myself a leftist. But do you, did you say that because you are a leftist and you're from the left? 
yeah, I consider I consider myself a leftist. Of course, I'm a anti-capitalist, uh, anti-racist. Uh, I'm I'm a leftist, of course. But when you are a leftist, you are also for women's rights and against the cancelling of women. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's radical feminism. Yeah, and radical feminism has now been called reactionary and right wing. I um I saw a thread that you did on Twitter a few days ago. I think it was like December 23rd talking about some of the consequences you've dealt with and how you feel like you say what a lot of women wish they could say and want to say, wish they could be saying, know that they would be feeling the consequences. And I know on Twitter there's so many anonymous people who anonymous women and I think they're they're looking at your story and it's why they are anonymous. They know there are very real, very, very real consequences to speaking out about this. And um, that is why I got in touch with you because as you know, we're doing our free speech fund and our goal is to, to help individuals who have put themselves on the line like you, but also to be able to encourage all of those women and let them know we do wanna have their back. And um, yeah, what kind of solidarity have you received or felt with other women throughout this? I receive so many messages from women who tell, who tell me first, uh, I agree with you, thank you for speaking. I can't speak, uh, I can't even tell my friends the truth because I know that I would lose them if I would. Uh, so thank you for speaking and blah, blah, blah. I receive also so many messages and more and more messages from women who say, um, who tell me that uh, I, make, I made a change inside them, that the arguments that uh, I, I gave to them convinced them, and that before they were liberal feminists and now they are turning radical. And they, they, all those women, they tell me that um, when they went on my Twitter or Instagram accounts, it was the first time for them that they had an access to um, that they so that they could read uh, such uh, arguments because before uh, they were uh, only on um, I don't know uh, on big uh, feminist uh, liberal accounts who are all saying the, the same shit you know and um, because of the cancel culture uh, like radical feminists like me are not visible on the cloud um, even if they try. I too, and so it's uh, from one side, it's uh, it's getting me very mad that uh, you know if we, I'm sure that if we could share uh, properly the two sides on the medias, more feminists would be radical, more women would be radical feminists. And on one side, uh, I'm glad about that because I really think that more and more women in France are changing their minds. So I receive a lot of messages like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like every day. So that's the that's reason why I also I keep on talking because uh, I know that uh, even if I stop to talk about that, uh, you know me, it's, uh, it's over, I'm done. Like I'm, uh, I'm on the blacklist right now and uh, for maybe not the end of my life, but for many years at least. Yeah. Uh, so I have nothing to lose. So I continue to talk because I know that many women agree. And uh, I hope that one day they will, um, 
uh, talk and they would they would speak too and uh, maybe we can change can make a change and make uh, at least that it's not a shame anymore to be a radical feminist and to say that women don't have penis you know yeah yeah you would think that would be a good place to be for for women to not be scared to say that women don't have penises but that's where we are right now and that's terrifying and that's why we have to you know stand up and say something about it um for me what is the most saddening thing is I hear from teenagers like really young girls who know that they maybe they say they're a radical feminist or they're gender critical or they're a lesbian and they can't talk about this stuff and they're they're scared and they know they would be canceled from their friend groups and when you said that even friends have lost friends by association it's just so fucked up I mean it's like McCarthyism it's like are you a communist or have you associated with a communist? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do you do daily? What's your what's your life kind of looking like at the moment? But right now I try to find a new place where to stay because before I was living in a spot in which also I, I had problems because of the trans activism. Like I knew that my, my address was known because they went um, to stick collage uh, about trans activism, trans activism in front of the, the window of my bedroom. So, um, and also it's a squad with uh, many uh, men and they have a problem with violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, many men so I have to move so now I'm looking for a new place where to stay and not only uh, I want to live in an apartment I want to live in a squat with women so now I spend my day looking for empty buildings in Paris and soon hopefully we will take one with my group of activists that is called uh, Les Amazon because I think that's one very important thing uh, inside feminism is also to um, create a new model and uh, to live between women, to really experiment this life of uh, yeah, living with each other, creating sisterhood, because also what I noticed uh, in the queer movement in France is that there is a lot of violence. There are many women writing to me saying that they are traumatized of those groups because uh, one day they said uh, hello woman and uh, they were banned because uh, they were told that they were transphobic for saying hello woman, hello girls. Um, So for me it's a really big issue to create uh, women spaces where uh, we are kind to each other, uh, we feel secure and we can experiment a life together, a form of separatism also, because um, I, um, I really think more and more that uh, we can't change men and that they are violent and that um, the, the, smart, the smartest thing to do uh, when you want to not to be confronted to male violence is to stop to live with men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the way that you, I guess, recommend or advise women to protect themselves and just have boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
are you um so you said people they made the collage outside your window is that where you're living right now no right now i'm in um in an, in an apartment that a girl uh, gave to me for one month okay okay so you have this apartment now for one month one more month from now yeah okay and then you're looking for a place yeah and when they did find your address what what, what did that collage say when they painted said, it um, so there were one that said uh trans woman or woman and the other one said um sisters not sister yeah um you know this the second one sisters with a c not sisters that i don't know i find that very insulting because it's like saying well you can't have your sisterhood you have to be a subcategory of your own sex yeah um what other interactions have you had with these trans activists who took over the collages uh I don't know, <laughs> mostly interactions uh, through the social networks. Um, but uh, they even did one collage saying, Les terres au bûcher. So I don't know how to translate that. You know, bûcher is uh, the place where you, you burn witches. So it okay. says, burn the, burn, the, burn the terres. Yeah. Um, even some of them went to demonstrate in front of the studios of uh, Radio France because I was invited for a radio talk and they went there to demonstrate against me. It's like, uh, yeah, they even write to journalists when journalists talk about me. It doesn't happen a lot, um, no, since one year, but they, each time there is an article about, about me, they, they write to the journalists to say, why do you talk about this girl? She's transphobic, you should not talk about this girl. So no journalists are limited. I are a little bit scared, I think. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, interactions with them. But I don't talk to them. I mean they they come to harass me on the social networks. Of course I received a lot of death threats and uh... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you it wasn't like you went out and were saying stuff about trans people and trans individuals, but it was because you were talking about sisterhood and because like you said someone said the word woman and they got banned and stuff like that. And they're really coming to you and following you. And, you know, I was going to ask, like, do you think the journalists aren't covering you because they're scared? It sounds like that is what's happening. They're being mobbed and it's working, you know, with the activists do that and they, they do scare the journalists. Um, unfortunately, we need a lot more bravery from the press to turn this around. But you did mention a lot more people are becoming aware of this. Do you do you see this as shifting at all? I I hope it's it's shifting right now. It's been one month. I don't know why. Really, I receive more and more messages of girls. Mm. Wow. I hope here it will uh, a little bit change in France. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too. I I don't know. Sometimes I think it's it's almost just getting started here. In I'm in California and. Um, you know, we have things like gender clinics are just starting to open up more and more uh, or they're doing surgery on on children. So tell us a little bit more about Femin. I'm really curious about Femin. I, I think 
you know, it's it's something people don't know a lot about here, but we know we've seen the images and we know a little bit about it. So how did you get involved in feminine? What did that mean to you? I got involved in feminine when I was something like 20, so 10 years ago. Um, feminine is the feminist movement that started in Ukraine. And it was first, like the, the first message was to be against prostitution because uh, it's really a big issue in Ukraine. So it started there in 2008. And then in 2010, they started to demonstrate topless and writing slogans on their chest so that, you know, the, um, your, your body becomes your weapon, you know. And as women, we noticed that uh, almost all the issues, the feminist issues, are about our bodies. Uh, so for me, it was really strong when I saw the first images of feminine. I felt like, I don't know, something that I was uh, feeling um, close to. And so when um, it arrived in France with uh, Inna Shevchenko, because she has to uh, get a refugee in France because she cut a cross, a nine meter cross in Kiev. Uh, in support of Pussy Riots. So she arrived in France in 2012 and she, she started the branch there. So I joined it and it became my life. Um, at that moment, I was studying in university and I think like four months after I stopped to get like fully involved in payment. So I was living in a squat with them, working sometimes in restaurant to to be able to buy food for myself. And I didn't have to pay a rent for an apartment as we were living in squats. And um, we did many actions uh, in many different countries. I even went to uh, countries like uh, Crimea, that is in Ukraine, in Morocco, in Tunisia, when I was jailed for one month, uh, in Vatican, many actions in Belgium, in Paris. Um, and uh, three main um, demands of uh, feminine is first, we are against uh, sex industry, so prostitution and pornography. The second thing is that we're against di dictatorship, uh, any kind of dictatorship, because we consider that women are always the first victims of it. And the third thing uh, is uh, against um, religions. So any, any religion, of course, because for the same thing, like women are always the first victims of religions. And so we also fight for uh, gay rights uh, and gay marriage in France. It was a big campaign. Uh, yeah. What was it that happened in Tunisia? You were arrested in Tunisia? Yeah, we were, uh, three of us demonstrated uh, in front of the um, trial, the um, palais justice, I don't know how to say the justice building um, in Tunis because uh, one girl whose name was Amina Zbui, she was a Tunisian woman, she was jailed because uh, she posted a topless picture of her uh, on the internet. So we went there to ask uh, that she's, uh, so they, they free her. And so uh, she spent uh, three months in jail. And uh, thanks to our action, um, like everybody was talking about it, the, the French president, the German president, because one German activist was with us, the European Union even, like all the European press 
but when it was a Tunisian girl in jail, you know, nobody was talking about it because it was not important for the European world, of course. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, going back to the collage, so forward in time after your time with Femen, when you started the collage group, um, what what kind of happened when the when the trans activists came in and, and took it over? What was that? What were those conversations like? Did they just come in and say, you know, you're transphobic, this has to stop? What what how exactly did they enact that? Uh, what what's your last sentence? So how exactly did the trans activists enact that? Like what did they do exactly? What did they do and say when they infiltrated your collage group? Uh, it's just that uh, you know there were the all those um, we had many accounts on Instagram uh, collage insights plus the name of the city and all those accounts I started to see more and more collage like uh, uh, trans women are women and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, all those things are, like talking about everything uh, but not about sites and uh, domestic violence so from this moment. Uh, I like I don't know I, I saw that for a few weeks and then after a few weeks I I decided to react. Mm -hmm. And so what did you do? What was the first thing you did? It was a, it was a Twitter thread, mm -hmm. and uh, and it was really like a big scandal. Okay, so that's when it all that's when it all began with the trans activists. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, 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 actually, the first the, the the first time that I took a, a stage against that was uh, maybe one year before the collage movement, because in France, you know, we had um, like every year we have a big feminist protest that is called uh, Nous Toutes, like all of us, but friend, uh, feminine version, and. Um, and uh, and so at this time, uh, in the at the beginning of the protest, there were um, three people that I called uh, two men uh, disguised uh, as women, mm. and uh, one uh, one woman uh, taking a, a, a banner uh, on which was written uh, "Sex work is work." And so I made tweets about that, and I was called transphobic for the first time at this moment because I said that it was two men disguised in women, and not and not women. Uh, and um, but I was not uh, like so famous, let's say, at this moment. So it was a small thing, and um, yeah, 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 and then. You, you talked about jobs and, uh, and people knowing who you are and um, what happened with that? You know, you've said that you lost two jobs. W what happened? So uh, after, after spending three years uh, inside Femen, I was a little bit tired. I needed to build my personal life. So I moved to Marseille in the south of France and I started to work with uh, refugees because uh, I, it's an issue that uh, touched me. Uh, I think we have to welcome uh, everybody in France, uh, African, European, American, uh, we don't care about the skin color. And so um, for four months, I was uh, living in the jungle of Calais. I don't know 
if you know what that is, mm -hmm. but it's a refugee camp for people who want to go uh, from France to uh, the UK. And so I was living with those people who, um, for many of them, were Sudanese, and they really became my friends. And I really like, I, I don't know, it started to be um, another fight for me. Um, and, uh, and so after that, I, yeah, I quit the man. I, I wanted to work with refugees to help them. So for two years, I was living, I was working in an association with refugee people. Uh, but after three, after two years, uh, some of my colleagues, they learned that I was in family form because there were some articles in the local press about me. Because at this moment, uh, somebody shot a bullet inside the window of my apartment because they knew I was feminine before. And because it was gay that were harassing me in the street and I was answering to them very, like, with a lot of uh, conviction, let's say. So they shot a bullet in, in my window. So it, like, there were articles in, in the press and my colleagues uh, saw me in the press so they knew I was feminine and they started to they started to harass me to tell them the people the, the kids that I was the the refugee kids that kids that I was working with they started to tell them that I'm racist because you know when you are against the veil you are seen as racist so it was a months and months of harassment and um my, my boss didn't support me at all, so I had to quit my job because it really became too difficult. And after that, um, I was uh, working um, with uh, teenagers in high school, and that was the moment when I started to make the collage. And uh, one day I did a collage that said, Ayana Kamura, president, president. So Ayana Kamura is a famous singer. And um, and I tweeted this picture, there was a selfie with the collage on the background. And, uh, and this singer that is very famous tweeted it and all the kids that I was working with saw it. And so they had my profile on the social networks and they, they saw all the feminine images about me and another harassment started. So I had to quit this job uh, again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, those are, those are so amazing stories. I, um, you know, my, my story is that I got fired for my tweets. Um, but it was, it was, it was very different because it was just sudden just the ax came down and it was all over one time. It wasn't this long campaign of harassment, but, um, well that came after I should say, but, um, a lot of women are getting fired for these beliefs or they're getting harassed or hounded out of their jobs and um you know what do you do you have any this is tricky but do you have any advice for women who are maybe being quiet about this should they stay anonymous and protect themselves or should they speak up and risk it i don't know i'm i don't want to give any advice the only thing that i have to say like maybe I have two things to say. The first thing is that you have to know that it can ruin your life or it can change your life. It will change your life. And there can have many consequences. But the second thing as well is that once you said it, 
you feel better. <laughs> really, it was my, uh, my first feeling. It was a feeling of freedom. Mm. Um, and that's why I would never exchange my life. Uh, it's really tough. It's it's really it's really difficult. I, I lost friends. I had even problems with my family. Uh, it's really uh, I have material uh, living conditions that are tough. Um, but I'm I'm totally comfortable with myself. Uh, and I think that all the women that uh, at some moment of their lives um, decided to take stages like this that, that affect their lives. Uh, some of them, it's thanks to him that history changed, you know, uh, and um, we have to speak. It's um, because maybe at the moment where we speak, um, it, it affects our lives uh, from with negative um, uh, things. But on the long term, I think it will help women's rights. And I prefer to, to see this long term things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really powerful. I mean, I, I know that there are women out there who are hearing that and they almost feel like they're relying on someone like you to, to bring about those changes because they are in the shadows. You know, they might have kids, they might have some reason that they that they can't speak out or like you said it, it will change your life and I don't I don't recommend it either I mean like you said I, I also hesitate to give advice but um, that's exactly why we do want to support you a plebity so that's why and I want to make it clear for everyone who's listening to this that what we're doing is we're about to start this campaign where we're going to be raising money for Marguerite so we're going to raise a chunk of money our goal is a thousand dollars going to get you a thousand dollars just to kind of for some short-term stability something that you can use it for obviously it's you can use it for whatever right you could give it away to someone if you wanted to but the point is to show that solidarity and to it would be incredible if, if we could have some kind of collective where we could support women so that they could give their lives to that struggle um do you see yourself it sounds like you know that's that's what you see your life as is that is that how you see your life as going forward being in the struggle yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's my life uh, it's been 10 years that my life uh, is that you know and now uh the only, like the thing that i want to do is not only to struggle myself but is to to bring women together, to create collectives, uh, to help other radical feminists to gather up. Um, so I gather up radical feminists in Paris, but also um, in some other cities of uh, France. Like uh, uh, yesterday, we created a new group uh, in Dijon, that is a small city in France, uh, where some radical feminists were totally is isolated from each other and now they, they met. So it's an incredible thing uh, for them. And so, um, yeah, what I want to do is not only to, to, be, to be in a struggle myself, but to, to help women, to, to encourage them, to tell them that they are powerful, that they can fight the way they want, to show them how we can uh, fight in the streets, to, um, to live together, to read books together, to, to make a change together. I really believe um, in the collective. 
and to um, transmission. I don't know if you understand this uh, this word in English, transmission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the women are um, totally cut from their history because uh, the, the the writings of the witches were burnt. You know all the things, many things uh, in the history that women created were burnt or were um, uh, actually like uh, we said that it's men who did it. So I really think that we need to have. Um, uh, knowledge is from women. We need to learn from other women to have uh, models, to have examples, to have women examples. Um, to, so it will help our, uh, us to be strong. So this is the kind of model that I want to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to end on, just tell people about your book. My book. <laughs> Uh, so my book, the name is uh, Heroine de la Rue, so it's like heroines uh, in the streets. And um, it's talking about my experience, about how I, I fight in the streets. So the first thing is, uh, what is my problem with the streets as a woman? The way uh, men uh, forbid us to exist in the street, as they forbid us to exist in all the spaces. Um, and, uh, and why we have to, to take the street as a political space to, uh, to take our rights. So how I did it with Femen and how I did it, I did it with the collage and how I did it with the um, living in squats as well. Because when you live in a squat, um, it's like, it's the first step uh, to the streets. Mm. Um, it's really, um, special uh, well forget about that I will I will not be able to say to express it in, um, in English but um, yeah and the main uh, message of this book is to say that as feminists we talk a lot about sisterhood uh, but we don't apply it uh, many times. And I think that the, the better way to apply it is not only to gather up together and to talk together, but it's really to make things together, to make things with our bodies, to make things with our hands, because uh, it really creates links that are for that forever. So I want really to encourage women to, to go in the street together and to fight in the street together. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Marguerite. It was great to get to talk to you. And for people listening, please consider donating. And you can, you know, I'll have the links below where you can donate to the free speech fund, or you can also become a Patreon member. And in that sense, you actually get to participate in the conversations going on around it and vote in polls and so on. So thank you, Marguerite. Is there any last words you want to leave us with? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely.